You are listening to a sermon series from Open Door Fellowship Church. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jason. This is Chris. Morning. And then Mike. From his wife. Got the biggest shout out. That's good. I'm delighted to be together this morning and with my friends. And I want to start by telling you the story behind the story of leading us to be in this flow in the month of January. I was in Colorado with my family visiting our middle son, Winston. He's in the middle of a gap year. And so he's at the school Timberline in Fraser, Colorado, and we all went to go visit him. And it's Thanksgiving morning, and the three kids go skiing for the day. So Michelle and I find ourselves alone in, in our room, just getting to read, getting to be quiet and look out our window at this beautiful, beautiful stretch of land. And I'm reading a book, and I have my Bible, and I'm, and I'm just writing some things, and the Lord whispers to me, Jason, open door needs to call on my name at the start of the year. And so I just took note of that and wrote that in my journal and said, okay, what's, what's up with that? God, what's that about? Where, when, how is that um, unique to uh, a certain group here, everybody? And so the next day, Friday, I call Mike and I, Mike does, as you guys know, shepherd our Sunday morning in here. And so I said, Mike, I got to tell you something. And I don't know much more than this statement, Mike, I think we're supposed to call on the name of the Lord at the beginning of the year for our open door. And he says, wow, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that idea. And let's pray about it. Let's, let's think about it. And was excited. And so we spent the next, whatever that was, a week or so till we got together. And then we got together and just had an affirming time of, we don't know what it would look like, but let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's start our year, not, not because we're waiting for something, because we have a series planned in Romans 12 through 16 coming up, but because we felt together and others like, yeah, that's what we need to do to start. So week one was turning our eyes to Jesus, and we were in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and you heard, well, it, not thinking that every one of you was here, but Kathy Darms shared on that morning about her own experience with Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and fixing her eyes on Jesus and how that plays out for her. And then last week was hearing from God and the reality that every one of us needs to discern how we hear from the Lord because it's unique for each of us. And the the manners in which the Lord speaks are vast, vast, vast. And so that was Uh, our morning together last Sunday, including Bill Foles sharing some stories from how that plays out for him. And so this morning we're here, Chris and Mike and I together to invite us into a conversation around gathering with him. So it's about prayer, but it's not just about prayer. And so we want to invite you into what we've been dialoguing about and hopefully something Uh, sparks in you and gets renewed in you and and gets encouraged in you and you find yourself filled with the presence of Jesus this morning. And uh, I I thought of this week, you know, after the holidays, it's like we're all just running around pulling our hair out doing stuff. And you guys know throughout the Psalms how they always have that little word that is up for interpretation (laughs) called Selah. It's either it's a musical pause or it's a breath, uh, you know, the same song or whatever. We're not really sure what it means, but whatever the translation, it generally means pause. And I kind of felt like this whole month, like these, at least these three weeks, are are our selah. They're our pause to breathe, to breathe in. So that's kind of sorry I didn't do that earlier. I just jumped in. There. Don't be sorry anymore <laughs> for that. Okay. The you want to go? No, wait, just a second. The, um, some scriptures first. The early church um, was gathering, gathering, gathering to eat, to pray, to talk, to hear the word, 
And so let me, uh, let us together, let me read a few uh, over us this morning. There's uh, Acts 1, 14. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women. An interesting tidbit that that got added. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then uh, we could we could just take the morning in Acts 2, uh, and all of Acts, but there, then there's Acts 2. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And then I think the next slide might be Acts 12. Yeah. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. So part of our foundation is, is in Acts, and, and it's also our foundation is, is all over the scriptures. And the thought that we would gather like we are and, and have our attention turned to the Lord in prayer is what we're about. And so Chris is going to share, and who knows where he's going to take us, but it's great. Mm, we'll see. Here we go. Um, disclaimer alert. Um, I, I'm just figuring this out like <laughs> any of us. So, so I'm, I'm sharing of my, my workings uh, with God and figuring out, uh, and pr- trying out what, what it means to pray in life <laughs> amidst work, amidst actions. Uh, so, so for me, I'm, now I see prayer m- less as conversation and more as a relational word, hmm. which some may feel like is cliche at times because we talk a lot about relationship here, but um, it, let, me, let me break it down. I, so, and so, so for me, I, I first learned about prayer uh, I, the, the earliest memories that I have about prayer were uh, tied to Philippians 4.6, which says, don't be anxious for anything, but mm. in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to God. So it, it was like, all right, so I've got to ask God for things. Like, that's, that's what this is about. Like, and, and I emphasized the asking, the, the, and it kind of internally turned into some kind of a list of like, mm. I've got things that I need from you, God, and I'll just wait for you to, to give me those things or <laughs> somehow respond. And that, as you might, I mean, maybe that works for, for you, your personality, how you approach God. Uh, for me, in my heart, it didn't, didn't really hold my attention um, as, over, over the years. It hasn't held my attention in that way because I... I I found that I was praying on a list of things that I thought is what I should be praying for. And so I was letting, letting the shoulds, letting the, me trying to, to pray because I need to be a good father, I need to be a good son, I need to be a good brother, I need to be a good... So I'm going to pray for this person because who else is going... Like all these <laughs> internal workings of what, I, what prayer is about for me. And, and then... Um, Along the lines, I got connected to 1 Peter 5, 7, um, which it says, um, cast your cares on God because he cares for you. And that took me down uh, a different path because at some point I just I couldn't stop asking God to, to intervene with certain things. But then I found that, wow, what those things were, were things that really mattered to me. Like things that started, I, it, it also became something about searching of my heart and as I was wrestling through, uh, beginning to wrestle through the, the, the pain and hurt of my story, the, um, the confusion that I could see, the tension that I see in, in people that I care about, the, and the things that, like, no, I don't want that to go sour. I want that to, to, to be vibrant, be healthy, that person, that, that situation. I, and so I'm, so it started becoming about things that, that matter to me the most. And then, then in the course of that, I kind of, there's asking, there's um, t- 
telling, there's reminders of who God is in the, in the midst of the prayer, but then there's, there's been many times where the words just fail. Like, I, I don't have any more words to describe it. And, and I, I might be, I'm trying to search for the words to say what I feel like is, is going on in me, but, but I just wind up sitting silently for a bit. Um, and I mean, we do it here on Sunday mornings at various times. Um, and I, and that silence of being in prayer, being uh, putting my attention towards God, kind of aware of His presence, and not having words at the same time, uh, sometimes that felt more like prayer than the times when I was talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then that, that experience led me to remember um, having read uh, this book by uh, Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God, uh, which dovetails with um, Paul's um, exhortation and first, uh, or his reminder to us about what God wants for us, to, to rejoice always. In 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray without stopping, <laughs> and uh, be, and have, be thankful to God in, in everything. Find a way to be thankful to God. So the, if we're going to pray without ceasing, that can't be just talking <laughs> and listening. It's got to be much more relational. So, so, I'm, so I'm thinking about that, I'm like, all right, so I'm, what are the things that are relational that I, I do? Like just within my family, like in the last 12 hours, there's been, there's been play, there's been winding down to sleep, there's been um, focusing on tasks like making breakfast or embracing or just sitting with each other like there's there's all range of activities that that are relational so it, so then it becomes how can we uh, for me how can i uh in my day to day have that posture that i find myself in those silent moments where i'm in doing something with the awareness that that god yeah. is with me and yeah. And that maybe he is interacting with me. Maybe he's he's working through me. And even if it's on a task that doesn't feel like it should be spiritual at all, um. he he has this. God has this crazy ability to turn to turn even the mundane into something spiritual. Um, but what's yeah. interesting is like you know the what Jesus said. You know, when two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there also. It's it's funny because a lot of us we don't have a relationship outside of Jesus Christ. I mean, like. There's some of y'all, you know, that, you know, like Sean Thompson, I would, Matt Hoskins, I'd be his friend without Jesus. Cool guys <laughs> love, but, uh, but not but me. You, no, no. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's this thing you realize, it's like this bond in Christ allows us to have a deeper level of fellowship, a deeper level of fellowship with each other, and a deeper level of fellowship with him, even in the mundane. And the thing that I realize is, uh, gosh, of all the profound spiritual experiences of our lives, 99.999% um, of them happened with other believers, did they not? You know, those mountaintop solo experiences are often profound and deep and rich, but often it's like mm -hmm. you need the reminder of mm -hmm. truth from mm -hmm. other brothers in, and sisters in Christ to say, oh my goodness, that is profound, that is spiritual, that is a holy, holy moment. So. Anyway, that's, I forgot what I was going to go after that, but go ahead. Go. You'll figure it out. I will. <laughs> You'll think about it. Uh, prayer is pretty loaded, right? Just the word prayer is a pretty loaded word for all of us this morning and brings up a lot of various connotations. And you might be even nervous right now that we're going to circle up into groups of five or six <laughs> and pray together, but, or, but we're not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you would love that. And yeah. some of you would leave. <clears throat> Which doesn't say anything about you in the negative realm. Um, but the word prayer has so, so, so much in it. And that's why we wanted to try the three of us to share and, and unpack prayer a little bit. But we also wanted to talk more and share more of what happens when we gather together and turn our posture towards him. Because we gather a lot in our, because we are relational beings, we gather often for 
a variety of things. This afternoon, a bunch of you are gathering to watch football and, and, and uh, uh, countless other gatherings all week, talking, eating, playing. And what happens in our gatherings to us when our posture gets turned from, let, let me and Keck have a conversation and let me and Keck have a conversation where we invite the Lord into it. So um, maybe three years ago or so, Bill Foles invited me to join some guys that would pray on Monday morning. And I didn't go for uh, several reasons for quite a while. And then one Sunday night, I decided, I think I'm going to go join these guys and see what this is about. And so I show up, and there's Bill in his wingback chair with his coffee and his slippers still on and his Bible open. And I was the first one there, so I got a little nervous that it was just going to be Bill and I, and that's it. And then, and then some guys peel in, and there's three or four or five of us. And it was so unique for me in my experience up to that point. We didn't pray for answers or solution or a list that Bill brought to us and said, guys, today we've got nine men that we're going to pray for at Open Door. We just prayed together. And one man would pray, and it would spark another one to pray, and we would go all over the place, and, and someone would open their Bibles, and Scripture would be read, and joy would come out of us. And it just gives me chills even in this moment to remember some of those sweet, sweet times with my brothers where I would be energized for the whole day out of that 45-minute to an hour gathering where some of those times I wouldn't even say a word. Like you were saying with silence, I wouldn't even say anything. I would just be getting filled. And so something is different. And that's what we're trying to, to share is that there's something different when we have a gathering that turns us towards the Lord. Uh, the word I use, jump from the word I use with it when we gather, I call it collective humility. Mm. When we gather to pray, it's collective humility. It's like we all have our thoughts. And we, all, we all can come up with our list of things to do. It's like, oh, we got to pray for this, we got to pray for that. But it's like when we show up and we're just like, God, what do you have us pray for? It's a complete unified humility. It's a complete communal act of humility. What do you have for us? And it's amazing. It's like scripture blows up and prayer blows up. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like that's a good word from God, right? I want to take note of that. So it's amazing how he meets with us in the midst of those gatherings. So, yeah. Again, and then an uh, idea of humility um, so when thinking about that, I mean, that's, that's a huge um, word for us, that where we talk about uh, like revealing ourselves to somebody, that, so trusting ourselves to somebody. And that, um, that concept comes straight out of that First Peter passage. If we were to back up to, to verse 6, just for the sake of reading it um, in context, it, um, here's... Here's the passage. Therefore, humble yourselves mm. under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Right, right. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, so um, so the, the thought of humility or the thought of prayer, the thought of just being available to him, I mean, in some respects, that's, that's just letting ourselves recognize that we are in the hand of God. Yeah. Uh, he, he is holding us. Um, if we're cleaning bathrooms, if we're cooking meals, if we're um, gathering on a Sunday morning together, if we're um, traveling somewhere to work or, or otherwise. Um, so so that, that thought of being energized coming away from a, a group of people gathering, sometimes that that sounds really great to folks because <laughs> they might be in extroverts and some are, yeah, yeah, are yeah. like, I'd rather just hang out at my house, uh, homebody, introvert, whatever the, the word is that we have. But um, on either, either personality type uh, what, or can, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're using words. Prayer, prayer is beyond just yeah, spoken word. The spoken word is there. It's it's valuable, but it's it's not the whole when we're talking about prayer or gathering in prayer together, or turning a gathering towards God in our hearts. Ed, can we share that quote from Tim Keller? Tim Keller, pastor, author, 
theologian. I haven't met him, so I can't say much more beyond those descriptions. I, I think he's probably really kind, too. Um, to pray is to accept that we are and always will be wholly dependent on God for everything. Prayer is awe, intimacy, struggle, and yet the way to reality. There is nothing more important or harder or richer or more life-altering. There is absolutely nothing so great as prayer. No, it totally wouldn't. Come up here so they can hear you. Nope. Nope. Just a little piece. What you know, you guys were talking. I just felt like saying this. Um, I was recently reading the Book of Acts, right? And the the church. There's like a common theme that always seems to happen, and it's in relation to this principle that. Um, Lately, it's been put on my heart that everything that's of value that we do as believers comes, the first initiation is from Jesus. Mm. It's not us Mm. thinking, oh, what would be good to do? No, it's like Jesus put something in our heart for us to do, and then he moved us in that direction, and he blesses it. Um, And so I've been thinking about that just for my own walk recently. But as you guys are talking, it really just... And my heart's pounding in that seat over there. I'm like, are you serious? Am I supposed to really say this right now? Um, But it's just in the book of Acts, a common theme was that God would use not, wouldn't, the way he would direct his body so as to do the things that he wanted them to do rather than the good things all of us are doing, the way that he would direct his body was often from one person to another person to another person to another person and not just giving everyone, one person, all of the package. It's almost like he gives us all a piece in a way that like it sort of encourages us to be in community and do what Mike is talking about where like it's this weird thing where, not weird, but it's an unusual thing Mm -hmm. where everyone comes together in the same room and at the same time all sort of push position themselves to say like, all right, God, we have our idea of what is good and stuff, but as we're all here, easily able to just call out to one another and just be like the synapses in a brain, like we're all here and we all want to be initiated by you. We want to hear what you would want to do because this is the body. This isn't just me sitting in my living room. This is the body sitting in all one room. And like, you know, like Mm. what would you have us, what what do you want to communicate through all of us to all of us to maybe that person to you know what are we doing you know like i just feel like it's so all i'm saying here too many words is i feel like community i can't i may not i don't know if this is fully biblical but i may not be able to fully discern the will of god for my life outside of community i think i need you guys yeah you do so that's all i want to say thank you josiah thank you Thank you. Maybe you want to turn in your Bibles or your phones or whatever you brought this morning to Romans 12. I believe everything in the universe is conspiring together for your good. Everything. So, creation, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father everything, every conversation, every group gathering, every moment that you are reading these words, they're all moving you towards maturity. All of it is happening so that you and I can mature in who Christ has us to be. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is the place where we asked last week, would you meditate on these two verses? We are planning on teaching through Romans 12 to the end of the book. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And this is where it starts. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. 
And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we have a therefore at the very beginning of this, which we will definitely get more into later, but it, it, it's meant for us to then pause and look back. So my meditation this week brought me to, to sit with therefore for a minute, and uh, here's where I went. Uh, the verse right before 12, 1, 11, the last verse in chapter 11, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. And, and maybe that's what you first said, Josiah, is that anything good that happens in me first comes from Jesus sparking it in me. All things are from him and through him and to him. And then I went to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 and 28 is where the therefore then took me there, then took me here that they should seek God if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are his very offspring. In him we live and we move. And some versions would say we have our very being in him. That's our our grounding and our root and our center before any, anything else gets talked about with gathering with him or moving in a flow with him. And then I went to uh, Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may finish my course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. So this idea that we would present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service of worship, that is what we do when we show up here. That's what we do when we gather together and we listen intently to the Spirit of God in each other and our hearts unite in hope. That's, that's what happens when the gathering of the Lord calling on his name takes place. And this place in Romans 12, 1 and 2 is just profound. I, even the thought, I urge you, there's this sense of, in the King James, I believe it says, I beseech you. I, it's so strong. My brothers, my sisters, here's where you need to go next. We've spent all these, if you were just receiving this letter we spent all of these pages reminding you what you have, reminding you who you are. And, and now we take, a, we take a, a tweak and we move into some other places in these following chapters. Mike, can you share what, what we were talking about from, about not being conformed in relation to gathering with him? Or do... Yeah, so... Um, so. A lot of times, I think when we pray together, we also, we have in the back of our mind, like, oh, I'm not good at those kind of words or prayer words. I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, when I, you know, I say, um, a lot, or I repeat mm. myself a lot. And, right. you know, I mean, we all do that, don't we? I mean, right. that, that's the beauty and the simplicity of simply gathering with him because he accepts it and he delights it mm. wherever our words are, mm. however they come out. Mm or however the silence falls, it doesn't matter. He delights in all of it. Our attention is to him. We're gathered right, right, with him, right. and our affections are for him. Right. And I love the story from, uh, and I don't know, should I tell the story about from Kings? Just the power of silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, okay. sure, sure, sure. First Kings, uh, chapter 19, I think it was. Um, so Elijah is on the run. Uh, the king, I think, is trying to kill him, and he goes and hides out in a cave, and it picks up at verse 11. And I think an angel uh, says to him in this context, So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a gentle, blowing breeze. <laughs> and when Elijah heard it, the breeze, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, the voice came, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing, Elijah? Mm-hmm. And I feel like those mm-hmm. moments of silence are this unique opportunity to hear that voice of God. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you here? What have you gathered for? Well, uh, I got this list of stuff I gotta uh, pray for. <laughs> no, what? No, really. What are you here mm-hmm. for? Well, I'm mm-hmm. here for you. I'm here for 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 me because I know prayer changes me and it turns my affections and my attentions back to you. And I'm not here for myself things that I want, though that's probably in there. I know what I truly yeah. want, like Tim Keller was saying, what I truly need is you. Because you really yeah. are my everything. Yeah. So I think I love the fact that even in the silence, we can hear his voice that say, what are you doing? Mm, beautiful. I want to put this slide up for you guys that just has a couple names on it and a couple phone numbers, because in our fellowship right now, there are a couple gatherings that call out to the name of the Lord right now. There, there are probably hundreds, but these are two that are intentionally saying, we gather every Tuesday night at Lori's house, women only, and Kenny's where first and third Wednesday of the month. Anyone's available for that, and that's here at the church. Monday. I can't read. <laughs> Monday. First and third Monday. And you're invited and jump in there and bring who you are. Bring your spiritual service of worship. Bring what you have. And maybe you do sit in their midst and you thank Kenny for letting you come and you don't say a word and you find yourself filled and encouraged and blessed and ready to go move in and out of the rest of your relationships. Or maybe you are bringing a song or a scripture or a prayer in some other form but there's the invitation. We would, we, would, we would say, yes, join either one of those at Lori's house or Kenny and his group meet in the conference room. This week, Kenny gathered a, a whole bunch of his crew and they came and circled up around the elders right here as we were meeting Tuesday night and they, they laid hands on each one of us and they were all praying at the same exact time out loud for each one of us. Somebody was praying for every single one of us in that circle. It was so this morning, we'd like to move into that space that we've been having where we ask you to respond. And what we'd like to ask this morning at one of the two mics in the back is that you would take whatever you meditated on from Romans 12, 1 and 2 and offer it this morning as a prayer. Maybe there was a certain phrase that caught you in there, or maybe there's another scripture that you have as a prayer this morning that you want to pray for us with us in our midst. But that's our invitation. I'm going to read it one time and then we'll just let the mics be there and we'll take some time to pray out loud together. I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God, in Revelation 3.20, you say, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and I will dine with you. Lord, you have been knocking on my heart, telling me the importance of prayer, not only for my own life and my family's, but for this body that I call family. And I know that prayer is the answer for where we are and where we will go. Lord, I am so afraid of prayer because I know it brings change. But I confess that fear to you because you have said in your word that you did not give us a spirit of fear. You gave us a spirit of power and love 
and a sound mind. So, Lord, I stand with you with that spirit of power and love and sound mind. And I open the door of my heart, Lord, to your knocking and your calling for prayer. What rang for me was um, one of you said, where two or more are gathered, um, he's in the midst. And I'm fortunate. Sometimes I don't think I'm so fortunate, but I am fortunate um, in the job I have. Um, because I deal a lot of times with people that are um, sick um, and they're afraid. And uh, I've been led, I used to hear, and I used to tell people that I would pray for them. And I would take it home, and I might forget. But he has moved me to pray at that moment. And it always starts with, where two or more are gathered. You're in the midst. And I'm just so thankful that he gave me the courage and pushed me to do that out loud. And you know, it causes me to pray for that person continually. And... uh, um, Prayer is just powerful, and it's even more powerful when you know that he is there. One of the things that I got today is that there's no rules when it comes to how we are to engage with God. Father, thank you for that freedom. You don't require us to perform a certain right or go to a certain place that sometimes it's in the crying out sometimes it's in the lists sometimes it's in the silence sometimes it's in the fun or the work or being together help me to remember that help me to put my trust in you Lord to really put myself in your hands to trust myself with you, God, which would allow me to trust myself with my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name. Lord, our eyes are fitted for sight and our ears are fitted for sound. Our lungs are fitted for breath. And in that same way, our minds are fitted for your word and for the transformation of your word. And because the spirit of God lives in us who believe in Jesus, we are fitted perfectly for the spirit of God to bring whatever you want to communicate to us. And it's just as natural as breathing. So, Father, I pray that we would boldly come before your throne in confidence, whether it's one or two or three or all of us, that we are fitted for prayer. We are fitted to hear from you and to understand the mysteries that angels long to look into. Lord, I thank you that I was reminded this week when we were at the symphony, um, all the musicians, instrumentalists come out And they don't start tuning to one another, God. They wait until the main instrument comes out and they all tune to the one. And all of a sudden they find themselves in perfect unity. God, would you allow us to turn our attention to you that we might be tuned to the one and find ourselves in unity and harmony, Lord Jesus. something the Lord has been doing in my life. Uh, He just brought a scripture. I haven't even looked it up. Surprises me because I love my big, fat, strong concordance. 
I won't even look on my phone. I could do it easier. I just like my big, fast, strong concordance. But the Lord, the Lord brought a phrase to me that I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. And that's kind of scary because <laughs> there are worthless things every day all around us that we sometimes can't help but see. And yet sometimes... You know, we were talking about Hebrews, uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And uh, sometimes, even though I've bragged about not watching television for six years now, I can get on a tear with YouTube. And I, I did recently, it's a, a news item that captivated me, and I kept watching one clip after another, after another, after another, and it really wasn't very edifying. It was news, but it wasn't very edifying. And it was kind of that point where the Lord brought, I will sit, no worthless thing before my eyes. And so as I have made a feeble attempt to evaluate what I set before my eyes and have chosen more to fix my eyes on Jesus and there was another verse that came to me and it was I have set the Lord always before me so what does that look like Lord to set you always before me but you know as I have been practicing which is all the Lord requires he's really met me he's met me and I live alone and that's hard for me uh, because there's so much mind space, there's so much time to feel if you're not watching television or YouTube. <laughs> and yet I've, I'm finding that he's working with me in that. And uh, years and years ago, I heard Billy Graham say that he prays with, he can pray without ceasing. And, and I didn't, it's funny, I didn't go, oh, well, that's Billy Graham, you know. Nobody else can do that. Maybe Billy Graham can, but we can't. But I believed it. I thought, you know what? That's a road I'm going to go on. And I've always felt weak in prayer. Strong in the word, but weak in prayer. And, you know, he's doing it. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting or measuring. I'm just realizing that my relationship is growing with him. He is there. He wants to talk to me. He wants me to keep him always before me. And I'm just practicing. And I guess I want to encourage all of us that it's a possi—it's not only a possibility, it's a reality that he's there. He will meet us. And Father, Lord Jesus, we, Holy Spirit, we thank you for that reality. Thank you that we are your sons and daughters and we can have fellowship with you and fellowship with one another. You are great and mighty and merciful and compassionate, loving, relational God. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much. Father, you know that um, this week the place I landed was on, therefore, in view of your mercies, and as I ponder your mercies, it brings me to the statement in Corinthians where it says, I have determined to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that is the place, Lord, where I can present my body, all of me, um, as a living and holy sacrifice unto you. Daddy God, I thank you for your glory. Lord, you are majestic. You are huge. And let us not, Father, I am blown away that you have made it possible for us to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. That's amazing. And let us not forget the miracle that that is. Thank you. Thank you. And let us live into that. Monday, uh, as I prepared for uh, our prayer time Monday night, uh, I got that picture um, from being in praying for the elders and, and uh, being in their meeting before they meet 
uh, I got that picture of people around them, the body around them, um, laying hands on them and praying for them. And then we came together Monday night and prayed and just had a sweet, sweet time. Um, uh, people come um, and people go and, and uh, it's kind of a free flow time, but it's just sweet to hear what God puts on somebody else's heart and um, what they bring to it. And, and none of us think the same or pray the same or uh, any of that, but we can all um, uh, rejoice in God in each of us. And it's a powerful, powerful time. And uh, so I asked them if they would come back the following night and bring other people to, to pray for the elders and and uh, meet with them. And uh, it was it was just a sweet time of listening to them all pray individually for the, the elder that they're with. And um, during that day, Tuesday, um, God put this passage on my heart, and not surprisingly, uh, it's exactly uh, what Chris was talking about uh, in his time this morning. Um, but uh, I changed some of the pronouns to make it make sense in the prayer, but uh, um, this is what I prayed Tuesday night. Lord, Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you may exalt this church at the proper time, casting all our anxiety on you, Lord, because you love and care for us. Lord, we ask that you keep us alert, for the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour someone. Lord, we ask that you help us stand firm in our faith. Protect us here in this church like you protect our brethren around the world. Lord, it... It feels as though we have suffered for a long time. We ask the God of all grace who calls us to his eternal glory in Christ. Lord, that you will perfect and confirm and strengthen and establish your will your way in this, your church. I don't know why, but I'm constantly amazed at how God ties things together. You know, it's almost as if he has a plan or something. Um, I've been teaching this class about the tabernacle in the transitions class. And this morning we were talking about the table and the bread that was on it. And the first time that bread is referred to in Exodus 25, God calls it the bread of the presence, which literally means the bread of the face. And then Christopher was talking this morning about um, the book Practicing the Presence of God, Brother Lawrence's book. And here we are talking about calling upon the Lord, calling upon Jesus. And it occurs to me that the reason we do that and we can do it is because we know he's there. And we know he answers, he hears and answers. And not only is he there, but he's here. And not only is he here, but he's here in us and that we can always call upon him. What he says about that bread in Exodus 25 is they shall set the bread of the presence before me at all times. Just a reminder to the children of Israel that it was about him. It was about his presence among them. How much more then should it be about his presence in and among us? 
And that's all because of what we celebrate here every Sunday at Open Door. That he said to his disciples, take, eat, this bread is my body which is given for you. And take this cup and drink of it because this is the blood of my covenant with you. And his payment at Calvary for my sin, for your sin, for the sin of the world is what makes it possible for us to be in his presence all the time. So God ties it all together so nicely in our minds when we think about it that we're celebrating the very thing that makes it possible for us to call upon his name anytime, anywhere. Let's go to the table. Father, thank you for giving your son, for his willingness to give his body, to shed his blood, to win our salvation, to make it possible for us to be with you and you to be with us forever. As we celebrate that this morning, dear Lord, I pray that we will never, ever, ever take it for granted. In his name, amen. Can everybody stand for a blessing? My friends of Open Door Fellowship Church, may you be filled with the presence of the living Jesus and be moved to gather in twos and threes and eights this week. In the name of the Lord, amen.